from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I've been telling you for a month that it's not as simple as just, I want Aaron Rodgers. It's going to take a lot of work. And today, our resident GM insider, Mike Tannenbaum, made it clear that even for this to happen next week, things need to start in motion right now with details I'd never heard before that you need to hear. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. But before we get to that, we have show beef. We just, we're, we're sitting in commercial. We're, we're, we're just shooting the shoot. You know, everybody's talking. Everybody's having a good old time. Everybody's having a fine time. And then all of a sudden, Harry makes this quote. And Harry's like, he quotes something from Martin. And he says immediately, Javante, you remember that line from Martin? Like, presuming. Not like, I mean, Javante, how old are you? 28. I'm 28 years old. All right, Martin was on the air when? Like, were, were, were you even alive when Martin was on the air originally? I don't think so. Yeah, I <laughs> was. I was. For some reason, Harry didn't ask me if I remember that line from Martin. A very popular comedy for me. I, I mean, did he ask you, no, Devin? No, but he, for some reason, he put the shades on. I don't know uh-huh. what that's about. Why would Javante remember Martin in a way that Devin and I wouldn't, Harry? You know, my mom, my dad, my grandmothers, they told me, you know, when you feel like you're being hated on, put your hater block on. <laughs> That's why I had to res- just resort to my, my shades being put on at the moment. You I know, feel I just, attacked. I, can't I feel even, attacked at the moment. I, can't I really even, do. I can't imagine why you would think that, you know, immediately, like, Javante's been on the show for like six seconds so far, and he's doing great work. Especially okay, with the I playlist. messed up. But, I admit when I was wrong. I was wrong, Fitz, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I man. should have asked you, you, you knew. and Devin as well. You, you knew we were going to bring this up. Javante, uh, by the way, <laughs> doing a great job. Did you remember the scene he was referencing in Martin? That's the other follow-up important question. Yes, I do. I was actually going to ask you if you know the scene. Yeah. Uh, okay, look, uh, Martin was very popular in my childhood. Like, I think I think every, you know, every, especially if you were like a white kid that didn't want to be pigeonholed into just being like the white kid that watched everything. Like, everybody watched Martin. Let's just be real about that. So, um, like, you, and, and by Thank the way, Thank if you, you are if you are my age, forty five, almost forty six, uh, the just the two words "damn Gina" has a different hit to it. Like every single mm-hmm. every single person knows it. So you know, Martin transcended. I, I messed up though. I, okay. I apologize. It will not happen again. Can you forgive? Do you forgive? Of course, Devin, I- do you and Fitz both forgive me? I forgive you, Harry. Always. Okay. It's it won't all, happen again. Up. I promise. It's all it won't up. happen again. While we're off the rails, I do have to ask the show one more question uh, because uh, we had this great – and we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a second. Trust me, we always do. All right, but I, I have to ask this pressing question of everybody because we talked last week about the proper etiquette on a treadmill, right, because I've been working out and, I, you know, I thought I might have to, I thought I might have to toot <laughs> on a treadmill. And, Harry, you said, go ahead. If you got to toot on the treadmill and you can yeah. trust the toot, you toot. Like, that's fine. So this morning, flash forward this morning, we're doing our, our workout, and it was a beast. I had to do a 2,000-meter row and then hop on the treadmill at the end of the row. My legs are jello. Like, I got nothing left. I was on the end treadmill. And next to me, if you looked left, well, there were several treadmills with just – there were a bunch of women that were kicking butt. They were absolutely bringing it. They came as a group. They rode as a group. They were kicking butt. That was great. So I'm on the treadmill, and I'm going all out with my jello legs trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden, yep, somebody tooted. <laughs> somebody tooted. And it was 
He was bad, y'all. Like it was, <laughs> it was bad. And I'm on the end treadmill, and there's all there's a whole wall of mirrors here, and I see every one of the people next to me. They're like side eye glancing over. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They automatically think I did it. I did not do it in that moment when I know that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are just working really hard. Do I say that wasn't me, or do I just let it go? Because I, I, no. I, I cowered into a small ball, but now I feel like the next no. time I'm in there, all they're all gonna think that I crop dusted them. What, what did I tell you to do? You clear your name. Okay. You let them. Know, you let all of them know right then and there. That wasn't me. And whoever it was, that's ridiculous. It smells bad. <laughs> you got to clear your name instantly. Immediately, you clear your own name. See, I honestly thought about the other side of this. Respect for the person, whoever it was, to to try to pin it on you. I respect the hell out of that. Oh, no, I do that on planes all the time. Like, if I'm on a plane, I'm just letting anything that's ever been in my stomach go as much as I possibly can, and then I'm staring at whoever, like, I'm looking over objectively with the, like, what are you doing to all of us right now? Look. You better not ever sit beside David Pollock on an airplane. I promise oh, you. Oh, well, well that is, oh, I mean, as much protein as he eats, there's no way he's not up there playing toot and toot. Like, I mean, that's just... That's a, he that's playing toot to toot to toot to toot 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 toot. Yeah, you told me to you told me to clear Probably my name. Over ten, over ten of them are going to get let go on the really? duration of the flight. Oh, Trust man. me. I'm telling. Like you told me to clear my name. Somebody cleared their whole stomach out on that treadmill. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. Now that now I know. Next time I will just raise my hand and be like, not me. I'll just raise my hand while I'm like, nope. Nope, I'm not taking it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I want you to hear this. This is Mike Tannenbaum this morning on urgency around Aaron Rodgers. And for everything you've ever heard over the course of the last month and a half or the course of the last two years, this might be the most informative thing that you will find out about why it matters right now for this entire conversation. The team acquiring Aaron Rodgers has to have $60 million available in cap space for at least one day. Once the Raiders, the Jets, whomever acquire Aaron Rodgers, they can renegotiate the contract and lower the cap number. But for one day, they have to have their room of $60 million to acquire that contract for the Packers. That's why you're 100% right, Greeny. While the trade will be official on March 15th, that team has to move heaven and earth, presumably, to create that sort of cap room of $60 million well before March 15th. Cutting players, renegotiating players. So there's a massive sense of urgency if you really want to acquire Aaron Rodgers and have the cap space to do it. Uh, it's stunning news uh, when you start thinking about that specifically because I think a lot of us have it in our minds, Harry, that you can just wake up on March 15th and say, yay, I've got Aaron Rodgers. But all of the teams that are being discussed do not have the available cash to do it. And in order to create the available cash, they're going to have to get rid of important pieces. And by doing that, they're not going to make themselves more capable of winning a Super Bowl right now. So now you have this whole, is the juice worth the squeeze? Which, by the way, I'm stealing directly from Dan Orlovsky. He's been saying that. Uh, Graziano on both. Like, is the juice worth the squeeze of even acquiring him? This is a complication that none of us have been talking about. Yeah, it is. And it's going to take, you know, jumping over hurdles and jumping through ring fires, uh, even being the bull, be, being the little guy in the ring with the bull that holds a little red little towel thing and, and, and taking your chances to trying to get out of that as well. So uh, it's not as easy as a lot of people make it seem to acquire Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if you want to if you want to dismantle your team. And when I say dismantle, you know, let go guys who have a veteran presence who have been, um, you know, staples in that locker room from a playing standpoint and also from a leadership perspective. Um, I don't know if you want to do that. 
And that, that, that's, that's, that's where we are right now. There are only two teams that have the cap space to do what Mike Tannenbaum just mentioned. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they have just a shy over $100 million in cap space. The Atlanta Falcons, I believe they have $66 million in cap space. Everyone else is beneath that and uh, don't have the means at the moment. The Jets right now, they're negative $1 million. So they would definitely have some work to do, Fitz, in, in, in those regards. Well, I mentioned the juice worth the squeeze and stealing it for Morlovsky. He mentioned that this morning on Get Up when he broke down what it would mean for a lot of teams making that decision. If I'm the Raiders, just because I get Aaron Rodgers does not make me a bona fide Super Bowl contender in that division in the AFC. And the same with the Jets. I think the Jets are a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not a Super Bowl contender in the AFC because the kind of the depletion of asset that might take place in your football team to not only afford him, but also the pick that you have to give away or multiple picks that you'd have to give away. The only place that it's like Super Bowl realistically and or bust that Aaron is at is Green Bay. That's the only place. It's an upgrade in New York, and it's an upgrade with the Raiders, but it's not Super Bowl or bust. And I think those organizations have to have candid conversations of, is the juice worth the squeeze, so to yeah. speak, and part of Dan's overall, and I, I want to give a little context here, Harry, because hear me out. One of the things I really took away from Dan this morning that, that hit me was he was talking about the fact that the Jets are where they are because Joe Douglas has done a really nice job drafting young talent, right? Like, he's building a roster. So now you've been building this whole roster, and out of desperation for the one hole that you, you're trying to figure out, you suddenly rip apart what you're building? Like, is the juice worth the squeeze? In part, feels like the conversation of – do you abandon your plan of how you're building just because you've got this one glaring hole? And if you're going to, do you abandon that plan for somebody that you may not even have long-term that you're going to have to give up this many assets for and lose leadership for? Like, I do think that's a fair context conversation to have. Yeah, and they actually, you know, brought up guys who, who they thought the Jets would have to give away. And Carl Lawson being one of those guys, and I looked it up, Carl Lawson um, has a $15 million cap hit, C.J. Mosley. Uh, who led this team in tackles, uh, a top five defense in the National Football League. He has a 20, uh, $21.4 million cap hit. And then also Corey Davis at the wide receiver position, he has the $11.1 million cap hit. Listen, that defense is, is, is part of, which, uh, of what has allowed the New York Jets to be in this position, right? To say, you know what, we're a quarterback away from making some noise and doing some things. Uh, C.J. Mosley led this team in tackles. Carl Lawson was second in this team and sacking the quarterback only behind Quentin Williams. And we know how, how much of a, a staple Quentin Williams is and what he means to this defense. I don't know if you want to give up those two guys, you know, for Aaron Rodgers when you have a Derek Carr out there. Uh, that you can actually bring in free agency-wise. free agency wise. And I think we both agree, I'll say loudly, that Aaron Rodgers is a better player than Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers is a yeah. better player than Jimmy G. We all know that, Harry, but it's not just about that. It's also about the wins above replacement when you do a cost analysis of what it would take to actually get there. That might be the nerdiest thing I've ever said on ESPN Radio. I will acknowledge it, but at, at some point that has to be part of what we're factoring in here. Uh, by the way, don't forget, tune in to college basketball action tomorrow. Texas A&M hosts Alabama. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on select ESPN Radio stations. Bryce Young spoke to the media today, showed everybody why. He likely will be the first pick off the board. We'll tell you why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. And slip on your high heels. It's talking about that sweet perfume. 
It shall smell good on you. Red lipstick. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I usually like to let the music breathe a little bit, but we're getting so hot, I'm not sure anybody's paying attention to anything Tonight right now. Tonight will be a special night. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Try and stay on the road if you're driving. It's hard. You know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say to everybody driving? I'm going to tell you this. My, 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 my. Show uh. look good tonight. <laughs> Man. I will use this as a reminder to every single ESPN radio show whenever you guys are ready. In fact, I'm just not even going to say radio. Every single show that's on any portion of ESPN anywhere, any sports network anywhere, I'll open it up. Anytime you guys are ready for a karaoke contest, Fitz and Harry will kick your asses yes. all the way across the field. You won't know what hits you. You will just sit in the corner at the end and say, what just happened? Tell them again, bro. I mean, I'm just telling you that y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. (laughs) Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are ready for the NFL Combine. And look, at some point, by the way, Harry and I will continue to remind you that uh, you can watch us together on the digital coverage of the ESPN NFL Draft for the first round. Uh, We will be out there, uh, I'm presuming, for the first and second rounds, I'm guessing. Uh, We'll be out there for much of that uh, to get you all the coverage you need. Uh, Bryce Young spoke to the media today. Now, tomorrow is the big day for quarterbacks. Tomorrow is the day that Bryce Young will be weighed in, he'll be measured, all of these things. Tomorrow, Twitter is going to absolutely explode based on whether or not he's 5'11", or 5'10", or 5'8", like whatever it's going to be. Twitter is going to absolutely, is he 185 pounds? Is he 197 pounds? How much does he weigh? But here's the impressive thing, all right? It's not always, you know the questions are coming, but the way you answer those questions has meaning. And he was asked specifically about how he's handling the questions about his size. I want you to hear what he had to say. I speak my truth. Um, you know, I, I, I make sure I explain how I play the game, you know, how I see the game, my process, um, you know, how I'm able to, to, to get through things. Um, you know, obviously there, there's stuff of film and, and on the board. And, you know, it's just talking ball, uh, X's and O's. Um, you know, coaches I feel like, you know, I've asked about, you know, how I've, how I've gotten, um, you know, to throughout plays and through reads and all that. And, again, um, I've been around so many great football minds being in these meetings and, you know, being able to talk about, you know, one myself and then be able to pick their brains and, and see how, you know, they, they run their offense, be able to learn from that. Um, you know, I think it's been a lot of back and forth, and I'm super grateful for it. Hear me out, Harry. I understand processed canned answers, but delivery matters. And to me, I've listened to almost everything so far that we've been able to hear from the combine. What I liked about Bryce is that every ounce of that, while I'm sure it was a rehearsed answer, felt authentic and real. He's able to deliver it in a very casual, hey, this is just who I am. I speak my truth. There's a comfort in his own skin in that answer that just hit me. And I'll tell you this, though, Fitz, when, when I was able to interview him um, during the Heisman cer- ceremony two years ago, as soon as he walked away, I looked at my co-host and I said, man, like, I wasn't that mature at that age when I was in college. Like, I, I really wasn't. And, and, and it blew me away. Um, but his foundation that he has at, at home played a lot into that as well. Um, I give a lot of credit to his mother and his father, but also to him being able to take what they taught him growing up and to copy it and paste it right now uh, uh, and, and while he was at Alabama as well. 
And it was a re- there's a reason why he won the Heisman. There's a reason why he's potentially going to be the number one uh, player taken in the NFL draft in 2023. Uh, it's because he is a gamer. He has the intelligence. He's smart. He's instinctive. Uh, when bad things happen, he finds ways. And I can't help but think about the corner cat blitz against Texas, right? The short side of the field and the right side. The corner cat blitz came. Perfect defensive call by Texas' defensive coordinator. Bryce Young, for some apparent reason, sensed it coming. Duck, spent to the right, made a big play out of it. He has so many of those plays throughout his, you know, college career to the point to where he's like Houdini. He has magic to his game. And if it wasn't for his size right now, we would be talking about him being one of the best ever as a prospect right now from the quarterback position into entering the NFL draft. That's a really fair point, Harry, because I said the other day that the top overall pick doesn't have a Joe Burrow. Right, like over the last few years, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's been a, a top overall quarterback that you have literally no questions about. Let me be clear. If you are comfortable with the frame of Bryce Young, he is in that same category, right? Like mm-hmm. if you are comfortable with his size, there are no questions to be had about this young man. And I love what you said in the beginning in talking to him because one thing that really hit me when I was uh, talking to one of our college football experts in general, one thing that really hit me was somebody said he's the man in the room the minute he walks in. And what they were talking about was like certain guys have that I belong, I'm an adult, I'm here, I have a presence. He has that presence when you talk to him that just genuinely makes everybody feel like he's in control of the situation, of the room, of what's in front of him. There's just a a maturity to that process you don't always see, and not everybody's yes. going to have it. And yes. if you're talking about the new mo- the modern NFL where you've got to be able to step on the field and make an impact quickly, I think that matters. I, I think your ability to come in and handle whatever noise is coming at you from day one Bryce Young is prepared for that. I, I don't think there's anything life or football can throw at Bryce Young that he can't handle. The question is, can his body handle getting hit the way that he's going to get hit? And you're either comfortable with it or, or you're not. That's that, It's just that, that simple. And, and I would throw whipped cream on what you just said and add a cherry to it as well because yeah. it's not a sense of cockiness that comes from Bryce Young. It's a sense of confidence and also uh, being humble. He's very humble and very appreciative of the situation that he's in. And even mentioned during that time when I was at the Heisman that he thought Will Anderson Jr. should have been there as well. Mm. There's just – there's a difference in the way that he delivers some things. By the way, he was asked specifically about his lack of size. I love his answer. This is what he said. I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my my whole life. Um, You know, I I know who I am. Um, I know I know what I can do. And you know, for me, you know, I think it's fair. You know, everyone can can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position, and I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do, and you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. Self awareness, confidence, Mm -hmm. understanding of the questions, but understanding of who he is at the same time. This is who Bryce Young is. I, I mean, certain guys have that, and it, it runs the room when they have it and they walk in. I think in the interview portion of this, anybody that has any question marks about Bryce Young, the human being, those will be answered right away. Uh, the questions about Bryce Young's intelligence with football will be answered right away. The questions about his ability to run any a- offense will be qu- will be answered right away. The only question will be the size, and we will get an answer on that tomorrow our next guest has decades of nfl front office experience he'll help us answer the many unanswered questions across the league from the combine and across free agency that's next fitz and harry on espn radio fitz and harry the podcast 
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Love Fridays. Harry's showing off them sweet, sweet moves. We're trying to make sure your Friday afternoon sets you up for the perfect Friday night. You know who I'm glad is my boo? Mike Tannenbaum. What? I mean, the line in the song said, I'm glad that you're my boo. I, I tied it all in. Devin did not like my tie in there. I thought it was absolute perfection. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joins us. Mike, uh, look, I'm supposed to start you with the question. Honestly, I'm supposed to start you. That's the way we're trained to do these interviews. I'm not going to do that for a second. I'm going to actually start by telling you uh, that you did a phenomenal job this morning. We've been talking about it all morning, and I just want to take a second as somebody that works with you, that's a friend of yours, and that also just respects the hell out of what you do. I got smarter watching Get Up this morning. I had no idea that the team had that acquired Aaron Rodgers would have to have the $60 million in available cap space day one of the league year to do that. It was mind-blowing on Get Up to watch it. I thought you did a great job of breaking down a huge piece of information that changed the way I see the entire Aaron Rodgers situation. So thanks, man. You like You made all of us better at our jobs today. Well, keep keep going. No need for me to speak. You're on a roll. Just keep going. Bro. <laughs> All this right. This is so, great. Have a good weekend, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Like, <laughs> so now, now that we've made you, we buttered you up on, on all of this. Uh, walk me through a little of this, because to your point, you got to have sixty million bucks available. Uh, how much can you start planning that before you know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do? Can you do anything to pre- to prepare for it, or are you just sitting here waiting for Aaron a- to? decide what what's next well it was very similar to the corporate offices of espn in bristol they were looking at a harry and fritz show they're like do we have 60 million dollars in our budget and you know it was a very similar sort of you know conversation so this is not unprecedented <laughs> uh, well that's perfect hey, mike i gotta ask yeah. you um how many teams pursuing aaron Rodgers? you know can actually be super bowl contenders is the juice worth the you know the squeeze yeah, no, so in all serious, guys, here, here's how this is all going to happen. So if you're a team, let's just talk about the Raiders and the Jets, and you want to acquire Aaron Rodgers. So under the rules, you acquire the player and his contract. He's not a free agent. With this, the way this option is, basically, it's $60 million. Now, look, you're probably going to want to do two years at 120 because if you're giving up a first-round pick, you don't want to give up a first-round pick and just have him for a year. But – you could work all that out, but when you acquire the player, you acquire his current contract. And again, you have to carry it for a day. So let's say, again, it's roughly $60 million. If I'm the Jets, I'm working really hard right now to say, hey, it's going to be whatever it may be, Corey Davis, C.J. Mosley, and whoever else, just from a standpoint of here's how we're going to create this room. So while March 15th is technically the deadline, it's really – Right now, you're laying the groundwork. And as a GM, guys, you're looking at your head coach and owner and saying, and Dan Orlovsky made a lot of good points, which is you don't want to lose good players. But if it means, hey, we could have Aaron Rodgers, then I'm walking into your offices, guys, and saying, okay, would we like to have Aaron Rodgers, not have Corey Davis, uh, Shaq Lawson, um, and C.J. Mosley? Or do we want to keep a whole bunch of really good veteran players but understand we may be in Derek Carr, Mike White, Jimmy Garoppolo, and what's the best decision for us with all that information? 
what would you do if you were the Jets GM today in those two very situations? Which way would you go? Yeah, I answered that question a decade ago. I went and got Brett Favre. I just think, you know, we had a really good quarterback in Chad Pennington. We won a lot of games with Chad, but he was a B. And at the time, we were competing against Tom Brady. And ironically, now the Jets are competing against Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and everybody else. I, I think you need an A at that position. Now, what complicates this discussion, guys, is how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be an A? You know, he's going to be 40 years old this season. Um, and one of the things you really try to avoid, guys, when you're running a team is you want to pay for future performance, not past performance. And what's hard is, again, the number is $60 million, and you're going to, again, want two years at a minimum. And if I'm the Packers, there's no way I'm doing this deal for less than a first-round pick. Well, see, my, my thing is, Mike T, is that, you know, on the grading scale, I think the quarterbacks for the Jets, the Jets this year was, was an F. I mean, if I get Derek Carr, if I can get a C, hell, I'll take a C. <laughs> and he, he might be a B. So do you really need an A with, with, with that roster? Because C.J. Mosey led this team in tackles. Carl Lawson was second in this team in sacks. Right. But, but what I would tell you is you could go get a Carl Lawson. You could go get a middle linebacker. It's, you know, the Jets have been looking for a quarterback for a long time. So, you know, for me, like, I go get the quarterback and – at the end of the day, like you could go find a middle linebacker. You could go find a rotational defensive end. It's really, really hard to go find a quarterback. So to me, like, what's easier to find? And that, and that's sort of like the lens of how you make this decision. So then walk me through one of the other selfishly here because you mentioned the Raiders earlier. I'm trying to figure out what do you do if you're Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. You had what many would consider a disappointing first season. You now realize your whole roster may need massive upgrades across the defensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers is out here, but he costs a ton of money. How much do you let fear of needing immediate success impact the way you make a plan for what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's a great point. And, like, one we could talk about for hours, like, you know, there's that whole axiom of uh, you know, win for today and, and develop for tomorrow. And uh, you know, that's where, like, if you go get Aaron Rodgers for a year or two, it buys you time to go get the next one. And, look, San Francisco is a great example of that, right? You know, they've had Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they went to get Lance. Then they drafted Purdy. You know, that's the old Ron Wolf from, you know, Green Bay for years. You know, he had Favre, and then they went out and get Mark Brunel and Aaron Brooks and Hasselbeck. And, like, to me, like, you got to win enough games in this league to – keep your job, establish credibility. And there's a few guys on the plan that could do that the second you get them. And I could tell you guys, like, when we traded for Brett Favre, it's really hard to calculate. But, like, the food tasted better. The uniforms look crisper. Like, it just changes <laughs> everything when an icon walks into the building. Now, let's talk about, you know, the New York football giants and Daniel Jones and those guys, uh, Saquon Barkley. How do you think the contract for those guys are going to play out? Yeah, great question, Harry. So here's, like, how I would handle that. If I'm the Giants, like, I would slightly overpay Daniel Jones for this reason. If I get Daniel Jones signed, I know in my back pocket I just kept Saquon by able to tag him. So um, I think the number, I've said this more than once, $100 million for three years, roughly $33 million a year, two-thirds of it probably guaranteed. And, again, I want to go shorter than longer. He has one year of production. It gives him, obviously, tremendous security. And likewise, if I'm the Giants, I have stability. I have a guy, not perfect. And now I can keep trying to draft somebody else. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Real Tannenbaum. Mike, enjoy the shrimp cocktail sauce, brother. Have a good time in Indianapolis. 
All right, Ed, please feel free to keep talking about me. Like, no need for it to end with this interview. Yeah, uh, well, oh, believe me, we were, we've been playing the sound all day, Mike. Like, this is the like, clip this off, send it to the bosses at ESPN because you deserve a raise, brother. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, either that or just some short co- cocktail would work. Okay, I'll, I'll Venmo you. Uh, <laughs> Mike out there getting it done at the combine. By the way, real quick, want to give a shout-out to Nolan Smith. We mentioned Nolan's name yesterday, uh, Georgia defensive player. Uh, by the way, had became the heaviest player ever to have a vertical over 40 and a 40-yard dash less than 4-4. That's right. 4-3-9, 40-yard dash, jumped to 41.5 vertical, and he's 238 pounds. My kid got paid. Like, I just uh, – congratulations to Nolan Smith, to Georgia football. Uh, he went out there and got himself absolutely – Paid. He's going to be part of the Players Association. Speaking of the NFL Players Association, they put out a survey across the league. Franchises are spotlighted for the good and the bad, and you'll be stunned by some of the results. We'll tell you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'll be honest with you all for a second. During the commercial, we were all getting heated. A lot of a lot of back and forth, a lot of bickering, a lot of this and that, a lot of guys just like puffing out their chests. Then Javante played this, and all of a sudden the whole move are like, Yep. Yes. You know what? We're back on one page for one cause. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM channel eighty. I personally guarantee you no ESPN radio show will make you more uncomfortable every Friday than this one. Uncomfortable? Oh, you mean comfortable? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're into. Like, <laughs> depends on how far you're willing to go. This Good song point. just makes me feel like I'm watching a movie where suddenly you've walked into the place. Like, I don't know why everybody in this these sorts of scenes has like floor to ceiling windows that look outside, and the only thing that's lighting the room is the moonlight and the cityscape. And oh, Whew. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all up in my feels today. I don't know. All right. So I love talking to Harry about some of the things that maybe are under the radar for other shows because it speaks to the mindset of the former player, right? Ten years in the league. I thought of you immediately when I saw this. The NFL Players Association put out a survey and their report cards, basically. And the report cards on the organizations in important categories, uh, for example, treatment of families, Nutrition, weight room, training staff, locker room, travel, all the things that fans talk about constantly when they think that their team has become a destination but are real. And this was a survey of every player in the NFL Players Association. These were anonymous surveys that gave their team, their players, the chance to be uh, honest about the teams that they play for. And a couple of the teams absolutely got destroyed. We mentioned yesterday uh, the the strength and conditioning was uh, brought under question. The weight facilities were brought under question for Baltimore. Well, they've made huge changes in that category, right? Uh, two other teams that might need to look at some changes if you talk to players. The Cardinals, they got an F in treatment of families. Again, a controllable. 
They got an F minus in nutrition, an F minus in weight room, an F minus in the training room, an F in the locker room. Like the players have spoken and told you, no, we sat here and said, oh man, maybe the reason people don't want to go to the Cardinals is they don't want to play with Kyler Murray. Maybe the reason people don't want to go to the Cardinals is because players talk, Harry, and players talking to each other would all tell you the same thing. Don't go play for the Cardinals. The rest of this stuff is all trash. Like that's the message I got from it. And all of those things that you just mentioned are things that players listen to uh, or, or look for when it, when, it, when it comes to joining a team or if they're on a team uh, currently. Uh, the family room. Do this, does this team have a family room? How does they treat, you know, these players' families as well? The weight room. Is the weight room up to date? Does it make you as a player say, you know what, I want to stay here and be at this facility longer than I'm actually supposed to be here? You, you know what I mean? Uh, weight uh, training staff. Uh, the, the facilities, uh, are those all those updated? Those are major things. And I'm going to speak from my experience. When I played in Atlanta, uh, I thought we had the best facilities in the National Football League. You talk about Flowery Branch. Um, we didn't travel anywhere for training camp. Arthur Blank, the owner, built apartments in the back of the practice fields where uh, we all stayed there. Each person had their individualized room. And we also had our own restrooms. We had big screen TVs in there as well, uh, refrigerator, microwaves. It felt like you might not have been at home, but you felt like you were in a great living space during training camp as well. So uh, a lot of that, you know, staying at colleges, I always was never a fan of that. Um, when I was at Tennessee, um, when I first got there on my visit, I was walking around. I'll be honest. I was like, man, I see why a lot of free agents don't come here. They listened to the players. They listened to the coaching staff. And Amy Adams Strunk, the um, uh, controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans, who I love so dearly, we had a, got a brand-new weight room. We got a brand-new locker room. They just remodeled the entire facility. Um, they updated the kitchen area. And they built the, a brand-new bubble, put new turf in there because, you know, it was complaints about the turf. That's an owner. That's a team, you know, taking, taking what players are, are saying – and being proactive about it. Now, with these reports coming out, I want to see f from the Arizona Cardinals perspective, from an organization, are they going to try to update a lot of things that these players are having issues with? Also, I've seen somewhere the Arizona Cardinals, they charge for player dinners. They charge the players for their dinners. I've never heard that in my damn life. I stay at the. I used to stay at the facility long just so I can had, wouldn't have to cook dinner at home. I could just grab me a go plate with some steak and some rice and, and some vegetables and go home and eat good. Now th th that's absurd. It, it does say I, here to to your I, point, I, but I, I want these owners to look at these reports and be proactive about it. It says here in this uh, NFL Players Association, I've got the report card up here. If players would like dinner, it can be boxed up for them, but. They will charge you via a payroll de deduction. The only team in the NFL that does this. Players reported that if you work out at the facility after the season is over, you get charged for every meal eaten at the facility. Again, the only team in the league that does that, which but, but is only me, funny me to me because that's like me, nutrition too. But, but, but I got to tell you why that's bogus though. So do you want players to work out at, at your, your facility or you want them to go somewhere else where they can potentially get injured? That's my thing. Well, and, like, and I, I would want players working out at my facility if, if, if they could. And certainly I would want players not only working out at my facility, I want them eating the food that I know is best for them right after that workout. 
so that they're getting the most out of all of it, right? Like, and and look, being on the other side of this doesn't mean success. I'm the first to admit that, and I will be very transparent. I looked it up. The Raiders ranked third overall. My beloved Raiders are the third highest regarded team according to the NFL Players Association. That certainly hasn't helped them win games. I, I'm uh, the first to I, admit can that. I, can I tell you, I firsthand know that. Their head strength coach, A.J. Nibel, was with me in Atlanta. I went and visited, visited that, that facility, Fitz. And my mind was blown away. Their, 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 their kitchen staff is like no other in the National Football League. It's like no other. The, the, the hurdles that they went through to be able to get those players the meals that they properly want uh, for their nutrition is unbelievable. Trust me, unbelievable. And, and five star, five star meals. Five, five star meals. It's certainly not making them great, but in a world where it's an ever competitive market for free agents. You don't want anything that makes you worse. And it feels like these sorts of reports could hurt teams. The college basketball season's heating up, and that means that Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. Should you keep an eye on the Mavs? We'll tell you next. Fitz and Harry. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.